Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Hello, hello. I am Bina, and I am your Dark Travels hostess. Tonight, we are cracking open our passports and heading to married old England to discuss what many considered to be the most haunted house, most haunted home in all of Britain. I am, of course, referring to the ancient Ram Inn, situated in the English county of Gloucester, in the town of Watton under Edge, near Potter's Pond, is a nearly 900-year-old inn. It was what the British call a keeping house for slaves and workers who were constructing the local St. Mary's Church. Once the church was constructed, in 1148, the very first recorded vicar actually moves in. Over the course of the nine centuries, it has had different owners and has operated in various functions ever since. In the 1930s, it was then used as a private home, but was purchased by Maurice the Bath, who took the time to restore the building, and eventually it was converted into a pub. In 1968, for the price of 2,600 British pounds, John Humphreys and his wife purchased the property with the intent of converting it into a bed and breakfast. Immediately, the Humphreys family learns that the ghostly tales surrounding the property are not just stories, but in fact, very, very real. Now, John, who would continue to live in the house in the next 50 years, while asleep in the home for the very first time, gets this rude awakening regarding the spirits and the paranormal activity by having some unseen entity reportedly drag him from his bed and he gets thrown across the room the very first night in this home. Slowly but surely, John, his wife, and three children would come to learn the horrifying secrets buried in the walls, in the floors, and, and in the crooks and crannies of the home. Now, as I mentioned before, the home has existed on this site since 1145. However, prior to that, it is believed that the land was actually used as a pagan burial ground 5,000 years prior. And they not only buried people, but it's also believed that this particular area is where the pagans even practice some of their rituals. And as such, it is believed between the rituals and being used as a burial ground, this marks the beginning of paranormal essence in the home. And of course, being almost 900 years old, over the course of the existence of the property, several horrific events is believed to have occurred on the property. This includes at least two murders. 
They believe one murder took place on the stairs around 300 years ago. But they also believe that there was the murder of a former innkeeper's daughter who is believed to be hung in the attic by a gang of highwaymen after she overheard them plotting their evil deeds in the bar. And it is also believed that she was buried under the building, as later on we will discuss how John Humphreys is continuously finding dead things, again, in the walls and the floors, just basically everywhere on this property. Now, also during its lifetime, it is believed that suicides have occurred as well as satanic rituals. So not just pagans, but even the Satanists, you know, they got to throw their lot in here too. So let's go through the home and discuss what exactly is haunting the house. Let's start with the room referred to as the witch's room. Now, this particular room got its moniker thanks to the unfortunate situation surrounding a young woman accused of being a witch. In the 15th century, this particular young lady, like I said, was accused, was sentenced, and as such, she was condemned to die. And while she initially managed to escape the the prosecuting entities by hiding out in the inn, she gets discovered, and she actually gets discovered hanging out in this particular room. And sadly, once she gets discovered, they capture her, and on the grounds of her conviction, she literally gets burned at the stake pretty much in the vicinity of this house. Like, I mean, I don't know if there was like a street or what have you, but it's relatively close to this house. Now, today it is believed that her spirit lives on in the room, and I actually read conflicting reports regarding her. One suggests that despite the moniker, she does no harm to anyone in the room, although she apparently does not like being called a witch. But other parts of my research actually was like, oh, hell yeah, she will attack your ass and hurt you while you're sleeping. Not only that, for my research, she's known to throw things around the room. And if that doesn't get your attention, she's also known to let loose some god-awful wheeling in the middle of whatever witch o'clock it is for her. Now, visitors have claimed to actually see her either chilling on the bed or floating in the windows near the front doors. And it is also believed that the spirit of a black cat dwells in this room as well. Now, some have made the assumption that the cat belongs to her and she's like her familiar. The cat is her familiar. But basically, nobody knows for sure if the cat was actually owned by the woman burned at the stake. I mean, they just see it hanging out in McChillin, potentially the cat's human or former human. But what we do know for a fact is that during some... You know, construction or maintenance upon the house, John found a 500-year-old mummified cat in the wall of the home, which apparently was once considered good luck in doing. So in married old England hundreds of years ago, it was a good luck charm to put a dead cat inside your walls. We don't do that in America, in theory. <laughs> So that didn't we didn't bring that with us from the Mayflower. Anyway, so in addition to the witch 
or woman burned at the stake in addition to the cat. There's also reports of a woman who stands at the window and waves at you. And from my research, I, I'm not certain if the woman waving hello is the same witch woman because that doesn't make no sense. She's wailing on you, attacking you in the middle of the night, but being like, hey, Mr. Mister Sunshine, how you doing today? So it's probably two separate women. Now, in addition to finding out what's dead in the walls during his time of ownership, John has also renovated the basement. Sadly, in the basement, he's found a, 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 a grave, not necessarily a mass grave, but a significant grave with civil children's skeletons at the foot of the staircase. After examining the bodies and finding some of them with knives with broken handles in them, John has come to the belief that these little children were basically sacrificial lambs to some type of ritual, probably in the demonic satanic sense. And part of the reason why John believes what heard is because the sounds of, of childlike crying can actually be heard throughout the entire inn. So something super bad hair happened involving children, and you know he's got the skeletons to prove it. And in response to this and trying to you know show some compassion and taking pity on these poor little souls, John has had opted to place stuffed animals pretty much throughout the home. And would you believe it? The children's crying has actually become less, though it's never ceased entirely. So less, but not gone. But then it's entirely possible the children don't want to be forgotten. So there's that. In addition to the mass grave, the children's mass grave, John also claims that they have found an old well under the inn. John actually believes that this well was once used as a dumping grounds for bodies, as he claims to have found several sets of human remains inside the well. Now, moving along, as for John's room, uh, as I previously mentioned, how from night one, basically, the paranormal activity in this house is like, is on like Donkey Kong, okay? Aside from being dragged from his bed from an unknown entity, this particular poltergeist also likes to repeatedly bang on his window. Now, obviously, John had to address some of these spiritual assholes because everybody needs their sleep, right? I need my sleep. If I am, if I am, if I do not get my sleep, podcast paranormal travel dark host is Vina number five comes out and she's not fun, okay? <laughs> Anyway, one of the tactics he actually ends up using is placing an enormous wooden crucifix in his bedroom to stop the bed dragging because apparently it was a situation that, again, from day one, continued. In addition to that, even though the banging stops in his immediate room, the banging continues. The poltergeist just picks up and goes to another window and continues to bang on the window in another part of the house. So he, even he's having problems and doing his best to manage living here. I mean, he, like I said, he lived here. He would continue to live here for another 50 years, even after the fact that his wife and children basically lit the fuck out and were like, no, no, bye. So let's talk about the room that's actually considered to be the most haunted room of them all. 
I am, of course, referring to the bishop's room. Located on the first floor, it is believed that no less than nine entities reside alone in this room. As a totality. Just in the room. Nine. Now, this is a mixture of different entities. Some are nice. Some are like Casper the Friendly Ghosts. Others, not so much. Now, there's the ghost of a small cavalier King Charles dog. He's often seen in the corner of the room, but he also hangs out with his shepherd owner. Besides the dog and the shepherd, it is believed that the spirits of a dark monk chillaxes, maybe not so much chillaxes, as well as past bishops and nuns have been seen in this room and felt. Their presence have been felt. Now, if you recall, I mentioned previously that it is believed that some devil worshipping has transpired here on particular property, but it's actually believed that this is the particular room to have host such unholy activities. Some people claim that they have been lifted by some unseen force and thrown across the room. The bed has also been said to levitate. People have claimed to have heard the screams of a man who was once killed there because his head was pushed into the fireplace. So essentially they're hearing his death screams. Also, the spirit of a young woman is seen there. She likes to hang out, and I mean literally, from the ceiling, upside down, hanging by her legs. And if all of that's not enough, then we got your Romans. Because in case you guys don't remember, Rome invaded England, invaded Britain. And there is the ghost of a Roman centurion who likes to gallop on his horse through the walls of the bishop's room, basically startling anybody and everybody that sees them. Now, if all of those entities aren't enough, this particular room is actually right below what they call the weaving attic. And as such, people in the bishop room have reported hearing the sounds of something very heavy being dragged up in the attic above them. So let's talk about the weaving attic. Now, remember I mentioned there were at least two murders here. And in one of them, it was the bad highwayman who hung poor Elizabeth. Well, it's the weaving attic where they believe they supposedly hung her. And it is reported that her ghost likes to appear in her final moments, you know, hanging from the ceiling. In addition to that, other shadow figures, there's some unexplainable knocking noises that like to knock across the roof. And all of this was part of the reason why Carolyn Humphreys, John's daughter, noped the fuck out because she actually, when she did live there, occupied this particular room. So she had her personal experiences, and after that, when Mommy left, she left with Mommy. Now, going downstairs, let's talk about the men's kitchen. I'm not particularly sure why it's called the men's kitchen, but I do know that there are actually two kitchens on the property, and the one that we're specifically speaking of is called the men's kitchen. People have been known to get thrown against a wall by an unseen force in this kitchen. And this actually does include Mr. Humphreys. One time, a young couple basically ran screaming from the kitchen in pure panic because they had, in tandem, seen 
the spirit of a woman come up from the kitchen floor. Later, after John did some digging, and I do mean literally did some digging, they found the remains of a woman and her baby in the floor exactly where the couple had seen the ghost rise up from the floor. This is also where people tend to hear the disturbing sounds of a baby crying. Right then and there, well, you found the skeletons. You can tell why. Now let's talk about the barn, because it's not just the house. It's the barn, too. Built in the 1700s, this barn is haunted by a very tall figure. In fact, the estimates is seven feet. He is known to be violent and aggressive towards men, but tends to favor female blondes. And by favor, I mean sometimes he will touch these women either on their breasts or on their buttocks because he's a fucking perv. And the perv likes to keep watch in the entrance portion of the barn. So he's like, "Mm, what's coming my way? He's standing there. And he's giving off the impression, apparently, of protecting something inside the barn. Now, like I said before, this entity can be very aggressive and has been known to push people to the floor has been known to strangle people, has been known to pin people against the wall, and has gone as far as beating people, kicking people, and basically pushing them out of the barn. So, again, this place, top to bottom, is literally loaded, loaded with entities that reportedly haunt the home. Other paranormal activities, because... All these evil entities just don't seem to be enough. Include pushing people over. People have just unforeseen hands. Some rando ghosty being like, nah, here you go. For no reason at all. Even John himself has been pushed to the ground by unforeseen hands. An unknown source of force. There's been uh, recorded strange orbs of lights. Even in photographs and, I mean, cameras, pictures. People have experienced sudden cold chills or even temperature drops. There's also been furniture that gets moved on its own. They've seen dark shadow figures in common areas as well as they've heard disembodied sounds and voices. Also, it is believed that the spirits of former owners like to hang out and what they refer to as the sitting room. And there's the spirit of a young girl by the name of Rosie, who has been seen floating around, literally, in the hallways. And if, oh, that's not enough, you got your haunted footsteps, frequently heard from an unknown pacing phantom, and you've got your mysterious knocking that likes to happen, aside from the windows, aside from the roof. And there's a strange mist that seems to make its own personal appearance as well. And, of course, we can't forget the disembodied screaming that likes to happen on occasion. And if all this crazy paranormal activity is not enough, bringing up the level of holy shitness in this house, okay, taking it to the next level, let's talk about the big guns. The big paranormal guns. This particular property has an incubus and a succubus in the home. So, in case you don't know, an incubus is a male sex demon 
who likes to take advantage of the females who are present. By that, I mean he crawls into bed with them and takes, you know, attacks. The succubus is a similar demon, but female. So the incubus likes the women. The succubus likes the men. And people have been known fending off the attack in the heat of trying to get away, have actually been known to jump out windows to escape the demons and their sexual attack. And yes, John himself has claimed to share a room with the incubus, basically to his death. And yes, he has reportedly admitted to people that he has been raped by both. Now, time after time, John has found shocking and terrifying things in his home. Mummified cats, dead moms with their babies, children who have been sacrificed in the name of Lucifer and whales. But he's also found some unusual, crazy things, like he's found a goat hoof behind the chimney and a curious spot in the roof that was once used as a hiding space for the highwaymen. And it is actually believed that these are the same highwaymen that killed poor Elizabeth. And even though. His family left him, and he decided to stay behind. For whatever reason, John was said to live in fear of what was happening to the point where he basically ended up carrying a crucifix and a Bible on his person everywhere he went inside his own home. And I, and when he found... So, I mean, he's trying to, you know, obviously holy the place up. But when he found a antique painting of a, a particular pastor, a pastor by the name of John Wesley, he tried hanging it up in the stairwell. But the second he hung this particular holy picture up, apparently all hell broke loose because doors that had been closed for years started swinging open and slamming shut. And apparently... Uh, the, the the entities in the home began banging on the walls. And even at one point in time, the family had a dog that wouldn't even go near the stairwell when the painting was up. So for the most part, it seemed like no matter whether the entities were good or bad, certain relics, certain holy images or things in the home were certainly not welcome. Now, a lot of people have criticized John, saying that he's made up this, because, I mean, who, let's be honest, I don't think I could last 50 years in a house where I'm being raped by incubuses and succubuses, just keeping it real. But a lot of people say he's made it up and made up the stories regarding the entities and the skeletons and the dead bodies. However, it should be noted that several British national and international ghost hunters have come through this particular piece of property for years. And granted, some of their practices probably irritated and, you know, kept the entities going. And, and we're talking, you know, ghost hunters who have been known to use such tactics as table tipping, Ouija board, bring mediums into the home. And in these ghost hunts, in these, you know, investigations... It's been documented that some of these ghost hunters have literally been attacked. I had mentioned previously that John had been attacked in the men's kitchen. Well, it was another ghost hunter that had also been thrown against the wall in the kitchen. As well as 
not only personal attacks and personal experiences, catching things on camera, they've also even captured EVPs, and one of them being the infamous, get out, (laughs) warnings, voice warnings from the spirits. So besides the human activity conducted over the home, over the centuries, you know, the, the, the pagan rituals, the Satan rituals, part of what people believe contributes to the place's overall paranormal activity is that it is believed that the building itself lies across between what they refer to as ley lines. Ley lines are like roads of energy, if you will. And this particular home comes across two ley lines. And one of the ley lines, one of these, you know, roads of energy is actually connected to Stonehenge, which I've been to in England. Um, I don't think at the time I was in England I knew about this particular haunted house, but I certainly did know about Stonehenge, and I visited it. And another theory is that there were actually two sources of water that were redirected from the property in order to build the property back in 1145, and it is believed that the water having mystical powers contributed to the the fueling of the paranormal activity here as well. So you have former grounds of water, and then you have ley lines, and all of it comes together on top of you know these rituals and dead bodies. Basically, your perfect storm of potentially why this particular house is haunted. Now, sadly, John died on December twelfth. 2017, at the ripe age of 89. However, the home is now being ran by his daughter, Carolyn. And luckily enough, you can still investigate the place to this day. Several of the articles I read for my research did include emails and posted a phone number for those who are interested to use for a future ghost investigation. So that's it. That's what we have for you tonight. England's most haunted house. On to business. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. I have a Facebook page. If you are curious or interested, send me a request. Check us out. We post, or I post, fun things, sometimes articles pertaining to the podcast, topic of the week, and past stuff, past topics that we've covered prior. But in the meantime, if you have a place that you would someday like to see where their dark corners are, send me a request at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. But until next time, please remember only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why I hope to meet you where the dark corners are. <laughs>